Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Welcome back to another episode of the 704 cast, guys. Uh, your Carolina Panthers are 3-0 and and currently leading the NFC South. But this week we're traveling south to Dallas to take on the 2-1 and Dallas Cowboys, the first major test of the young Panthers season. Uh, we'll break down the acquisition of C.J. Henderson before we dive into previewing this week's game. But Wes and Corey, how are you guys doing this week? Good, man. It's good to be back with you two guys. Uh, it's been a while been a crazy month for me you know married life now so that's right congratulations uh, appreciate it it's good to be three and oh uh i don't give a shit what the pundits say about our schedule we're still three and oh so it's the nfl baby yeah uh first of all congrats to Corey on the on the marriage and second sure. um happy to be three and oh as as we said in the recap of of last week's game but ready to uh, look forward to Dallas and, and the chance of getting 4-0. It's a tough matchup. Yeah, it is, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about more about how uh, this defense is going to do without J.C. Horn and with the addition of C.J. Henderson, how it's going to do against stopping the, the offense of Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, uh, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that shortly, but let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the, uh, the acquisition of C.J. Henderson, the uh, Panthers, on Monday announced that they had traded uh, the offseason acquisition of Dan Arnold and a future third round pick for CJ Henderson and a fifth round pick. By all reports, this deal had been talked about in preseason. I know CJ Henderson's name had been linked to us since uh, preseason. And it's interesting to see this deal kind of come together. I mean, Wes, you mentioned it on last week's episode that you'd, you'd like to see Scott go out and make a deal. And man, I mean, did he make one? He made one for a former top 10 pick in last year's draft and a guy that we considered before selecting Derek Brown. What are you guys' thoughts on C.J. Henderson and um, his fit here to replace J.C., at least for this year? But moving forward, we'll focus on the core of, uh, if they do resign Dante Jackson, we'll focus on the core of J.C., C.J., and, and Dante. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid secondary and some depth that we haven't had in a while. Um, what are your thoughts on this? So um, I, I'll start us off. I love the move, first of all. Um, it's one, it signals to me that, that they think Tommy is ready, is ready to contribute, uh, in the offense right now. And I think we saw that happening before our eyes, even before the trade, Dan had been a slight part of the offense, but not, not enough to really matter. We have enough weapons. Um, so to do Dan in a third, to get back a fifth, I, for a former top 10 guy, 
a year removed from being a top 10 guy. Uh, I lo- absolutely love it. The talent is there. He was in a ba- on a bad team in a bad on a bad defense. So the that does a lot for sometimes for a player and, and how they're how they perform. So I, I'm not really looking as much into his 2020 stats as, as I am the potential of the player coming out of Florida. I mean, right. And I love the signing too. And I mean, the trade, absolutely. I, I don't think that it was made for necessarily like what people are calling it to, to win. Now. I think this was an investment that we made in an athletic specimen um, coming out of Florida. That's what you heard about. CJ are some of the same things that we heard about JC coming out. You know, this kid's an athletic freak. Um, his measurables are off the charts. And it hasn't been good, or I don't want to say it hasn't been good. It hasn't been what you expected taking a top 10 corner uh, coming out of, you know, in the first round. But the situation was so bad in Jacksonville, and it's been bad. Um, and the only thing I'm con- – I'm not concerned at all with what we gave up for – C.J. Henderson, I'm just tempering my expectations on this year and going forward because I want to see what this staff, Matt Rule and this coaching staff, Evan Cooper, having a history with him, can do with his mental because it's all about what's between the shoulders with this kid, it seems like. You hear some of the off-the-field stuff that's been going on. Apparently they had to go get him from his house. Does he even want to play football? And I think some of that stuff can get overblown, but not not really ever – following the Jacksonville Jaguars I don't know what to glean from all that and if any of it, if there's any truth to any of that so um it's going to be wait and see for me I'm excited about the kids potential uh, um uh, what do we want to do we want to play man we want to press and that's what this kid's good at so you're, you're given what we talked about all offseason you're putting athletes on the field that are going to compete and if this kid wants to show up he wants to compete he wants to get better then another home run move by Scott Fitter Matt Rule now it's up to Matt Rule to get the most out of the kid. It's up to Evan Cooper to, to you know, capitalize on that relationship they've had since high school and, and see if we can mold this kid into being something special. And I'm telling you what, if he turns out uh, and realizes some of that potential, you're looking at a potentially all-time great secondary. I mean, this is shaping up to be a, a, a really scary side of the ball. So – just just think with with how good chin has looked and and if if dante is resigned and, and you don't have to but you've got the money to do so chin right. dante jc cj uh bring in a, a safety to have beside of chin my goodness man uh, i'm and and i think you know with 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 as open as they've been about about how this doesn't affect dante's contract or this doesn't affect you know when, when we when we bring these when we bring these guys in if I'm reading between the tea leaves, I, I believe that that second person, that second contract they were talking about getting done earlier when they got the Robbie deal done, I believe it was Dante. Uh, I, 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 I'm just, again, I'm just, you know, inferring that and reading between the tea leaves, but it would seem like it to be to me. And we have the money next year. It's going to be, we're in great cap situation going forward. So if you can retain all these guys, then the sky's the limit. And, Speaking of Dante, and what gives me a hope for C.J. Henderson in this situation here is if he does buy into the program, look at the strides that Dante's made. Dante looks like a completely different player. You always saw the potential on Dante. You always saw what he could be. You always saw the athletic prowess that he had and those just wow plays. 
but Dante has turned into a solid, solid, just dog this year at corner. I mean, the tackling's night and day from what it was in previous years. And so if they can do even a fraction of that with CJ Henderson, then we've got something special in this coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I took away immediately when I saw the news break was that this is a move that was made because the timeline has been sped up on this rebuild. And I think that if the defense hasn't been performed the way they have over the last, you know, half a year or half a season, then this move probably isn't made. They probably go for a, a Richard Sherman, which is somebody who they spoke right. with before signing with the Bucks. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is a, a, a low risk, high reward trade. I mean, you have two former top 10 picks in Derek Brown and CJ Henderson on your roster now. And you look at this moving forward and, and we talked about this, you know, before we even started this podcast, but the fact that we were doing this rebuild at the right time, because you looked at all the other situations throughout the division and you saw them being older and, and, and running toward the ends of their run. Um, and you, and you look at where we are now, you have uh, a Brian Burns, you have a Derek Brown, you have a Dante Jackson, a Jeremy Chin, uh, a JC Horn, a CJ Henderson, all of those players are, or excuse me, every, all those players except for Dante are under the age of 23. So, what does that tell you about the, the trajectory of this defense and where they think they could go? And yet, CJ, you know, the middle stuff is worrisome. Obviously, football is just a game, and you should you know do everything possible to get healthy mentally if that is a, an issue for him. I, I hope that he does uh, seek the help that is needed, and the team puts that around him. But um, you know, looking at this from a football perspective, he had a hell of a preseason. I believe he was third in man to man coverage. Um, he's a hell of a, a run stopper um, playing that corner position. So I'm, I'm excited to see how he he blends in going forward. I know this week he, he's going to get some playing time. Phil Snow did say that he will likely um, get the majority of his snaps in, in man coverage and won't see much uh, from a zone perspective. But interesting to see how the fit goes. And then next year, you know, if JC's injury does turn out to be year, I mean, season ending, uh, interesting to see how this all fits together, especially those three young guys. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a problem to have. That's all. I mean, that's honestly what it boils down to a position where we've been so needy at and seeing fitter just being so aggressive and, and taking control and making this move. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, I mean, what else could you ask for in the Scott fitter era so far? I think, yeah. I mean, I think that they definitely saw in the, through the first three games, what the potential of this defense was when Phil snow gets to play what he wants, the coverage he, he wants to really play when he doesn't have to make up for lacks coverage in the back he doesn't have to play zone all the time that they saw what what the result is and I don't care offensive line offensive side of the ball whatever if you have a defense that's done what we've done the, for the first three weeks you can compete with anybody in the NFL and we've and that's been shown time in and time out over the years look what the Bucks did to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl if you can get after the quarterback and you can play good defense, then you're going to compete. So I, I just, I, I will, I'm blown away through the first three weeks. And I know that people are going to tell me to calm down, but this defense is just exceeded my expectations so far. So and we'll, we'll find out this week. We're going to get into that game. So. Yep. And so one, I was going to get into a little bit of CJ's like advanced stats from last year in eight games, he Sweet. played 80, 80% of the snaps for eight, for his eight games allowed 55 targets on 265 routes defended. So that's six per, in, in eight games, that's six per nine targets per game. 
Uh, he allowed 36 receptions on those 55 targets, 435 yards, seven PBUs, one interception to three touchdowns allowed. So that's and he, and he was, that's, a, that's a rookie season. And what well, and, and being the guy, I mean, yeah, being the being the guy in Jacksonville. So, I mean, that's who offense is going to target. I mean, that's about all you can ask for from a rookie, unless your name is J.C. Horn. So, but <laughs> and zero zero percent burn rate for the, that. I know that's not nothing. So he never got Absolutely. burnt statistically, but so that he was number one probably tied for number one in that but that's that's not nothing no especially with the amount of pressure they don't get so <laughs> yeah we, we've seen if you get pressure on the quarterback then your secondary can be a little more not so talented uh, right like 2013 example you know through Melvin White out there at, at corner and then I mean, we, we, we saw what happened at least a decent front seven can do and then I mean Jesus this front seven is I mean it's just just, I mean, you can't. What what else can you say about this defense that we that we haven't said already? If you've been listening to us for a while, I mean, it's just things that we just keep repeating. But the the defense is real. This isn't going to go away. I mean, yes, we're going to face a huge test this week, and this is going to be our first test of the season. But uh, I mean, your this defense isn't going to come out come out and give up 31, 34 points. I mean, I I know everybody thinks this is a fluke and. They want America's team come through and, you know, take care of the lowly Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold, but this team isn't going to give up 35 points. So if you're thinking that on Sunday, you're, you're in for a rude awakening. Don't listen to the national narrative out here because I'm pretty sure there's only maybe two people in the media that are picking the Panthers this week, and one of those is Daniel Jeremiah. Um, Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Nobody's given us a chance on Sunday to go into Jerry's world and leave with a win. So I uh, hope Matt rules Texas tour continues and uh, they take care of business this weekend. So, I mean, shit guys, let's, uh, I guess let's look ahead to the, to the Dallas cowgirls and see how this goes. So, how about them Cowboys? Uh, the main takeaways are we're going to be out without Dan Arnold and Christian McCaffrey on offense. Dan Arnold is no longer with the team. Christian's out. So Chuba will get, get the uh, start. Um, we've seen this is a schematic thing for this this offense and this team. Uh, Mike Davis was plugged in last year, and Mike Davis was signed off the streets. Nobody really wanted him after his time in Seattle. And you saw what he did. Went on to get a contract with the Falcons this offseason. Good for him. So Chuba's going to fill in and fill that role for him. And uh, we've talked about it before, but this team is not built to be a run-first a run team or a power-run team. So – don't expect him to come out and get 20 carries on Sunday. I don't think that's necessarily realistic. You can probably expect him to get maybe somewhere around 12 to 14. Royce Freeman to get one or two here, but mainly be in on pass blocking. That's kind of his forte. So you'll see him do some of the things that Christian do more so with, with the pass catching. I know he has kind of struggled so far throughout the season and a little bit back in preseason with catching the ball out of the backfield. I know the Colts game and some other drops, he's had some bad drops. So that is something to kind of pay attention to and see how he does early on in the game and see if this offense gets him involved early. Um, but me personally, I think Karras is kind of the guy that's going to take over some of Dan's uh, snaps. He's got a mismatch in the slot. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's slot corner, I believe is five ten. So that's kind of where I'm looking for immediately. I know 
Sam said that he wants to get Robbie some more touches and get him more involved in the game plan, spend a little extra time with him this week. So we'll see how that comes to fruition on Sunday. Um, and then obviously the defense is kind of where uh, my attention is going to be mainly this week. I mean, you, we can't argue that the, the Cowboys don't have a top tier elite offense. Um, their defense is a work in progress. They do have Dan Quinn who came in there from Atlanta. So it has looked a little bit better, but it's not great. Um, you know, Casey may still even be out with COVID. Um, I haven't seen an update on that as well. That's her starting safety from the Falcons. So we'll see what ends up shaking out there. But for me, I think the main thing is just going to be how this defense adjust and, and take away Amari Cooper and CD Lamb from this offense. And now they have a two-headed running back with um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. The good news is there's no Michael Gallup, so Cedric Wilson will fill in there. And uh, the, the whole Dalton Schultz thing from last week, that's, that's I don't read anything into that. It's just how the Eagles play defense. That was just kind of their weakness. They play a lot of off coverage, so it allows that that uh, gap out of the slot and for the tight ends as well. So, guys, I'm going to quit rambling here and let you guys talk a little bit about what your expectations are for Sunday and, and preview a little bit about the matchup and things for uh, the fans to watch for. Yeah. Um... Starting on the offensive side of the ball, I like starting on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think with Chuba, in regards to Chuba starting this week, I think it's going to depend on how Chuba starts. It's going to depend on what Chuba does early. Um, if he comes out and is looking solid, then I think that'll determine the amount of touches he gets. You know, if he comes out and he's not hitting holes, he's getting stopped, um, missing pass blocking assignments, then – I think you will start to see more of that Royce Freeman mix. Um, but this is a big opportunity for Chuba. Um, he's never going to supplant Christian McCaffrey. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying if he wants to carve himself out some sort of role in this offense, then this is your shot, man. Um, catch the ball. <laughs> that's a big one. Um, I, he's, he's struggled catching out of the backfield. So uh, I think that's why you saw us work out Duke Johnson this week. Um, obviously nothing came of that, but um, I think that if he can show that he can be somewhat solid catching passes out of the backfield, then he will have a bit of a role in this offense. Um, as far as the offense goes, um, I'm not worried about scoring with Dallas. I, I'm worried about that, that front seven, um, a little bit. Um, they showed against the Eagles last week, um, Osa, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, but he's a rookie and he was tearing the Eagles up on passing situations uh, coming right up the middle. So um, it's going to be a big game for Paradis. Um, the guards, Johnny Miller, Pat Elfline, um, got to step up and, and protect Sam. And I'm never excited about the – and hear me out when I'm saying this. I'm never excited about the prospect of stepping onto the field without Christian McCaffrey. But I am a little bit excited to see this offense – without that security blanket, can they open it up for Sam? All right, kind of what you saw in the third quarter and fourth quarter last week against Houston. We sputtered a little bit when Christian McCaffrey first went out, but then you really started to see them put the ball in Sam's hands. And that's what I want to see this week. All right, that is one thing I'm excited to see this week is put the ball in Sam's hands, let him be the guy that he was drafted to be, and – go out there and prove it to the fan base that you it's not a fluke. Joe Brady just unleashed this dude. All right. I I don't I've said it on record. I don't give a shit about establishing the run. 
does not matter to me. If we have to throw 45 times to beat the Dallas Cowboys, then let's throw 45 times and, and let Sam do his thing. So um, I'm excited to see that from the offense. And I'm expecting, hopefully, a miniature breakout game for Robbie. Um, uh, I think he's due. I think it's time to, to, to let him become involved in this offense. So um, working out of the slot, uh, Terrace working out of the slot, Robbie – deep shot maybe, but just get him more involved in those intermediate routes that he was so money on last year. You know, it doesn't have to be a deep shot every time. Get him involved in those little five-yard slants, the digs, the outs, and, and let him work. So that's what I that's what I want to see out of Robbie this week uh, with Christian McCaffrey being gone and obviously Dan Arnold being gone as well. So there's a, there's a void to fill. Yeah, and so – even not getting a full game worth of action, uh, Chuba had 11 carries and five targets. So that they attempted to get him the ball 16 times. He only made, caught three of those. So I, I kind of expect probably 20 in, in, in the 15 to 15 being the low end, but probably more like 20 touches for Chuba, somewhere in that 15, yeah. 15 runs, five, five catches. Um, and then, and then Royce be kind of the, the change of pace there and, and the, the, the back that they're going to bring in when they want to, leave him in the backfield on to, to pass block. Um, so I think Chuba is going to be fine. You'll, you'll see something similar to like you saw against the Texans, 75, 80, 75 to hundred all purpose yards between those in those 20 catches in those 20 touches, which will be just fine. I think the key to the game offensively for us will be um, taking advantage of that, that mismatch in the slot with Terrace um, possibly lining Robbie up in the slot some and, and getting Robbie more touches and, and like I said before, with Dan being gone, I'm excited to for those two guys to get more touches. They're they have the talent, and they're two guys that haven't gotten the, the target share that we we kind of expected going into the year. So it could be it could be everybody knows about Robbie, but I think it could be Terrace's national coming out party in the regular season. I, I really do see that as a possibility. Um, and off, offensively, I. I I think if if they like you said open up the playbook for Sam and 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 let him do his thing, I mean I think you could see his biggest game of the year, three fifty yeah. to four hundred yards, three touchdowns, yeah. something like that. I, I think we can we can score on we can score on with this team. It's just a matter of what this defense looks like without JC. I, I did yeah. correct one thing that I did miss miss speak on a minute ago was not KZ. He's not on the roster. It's uh, Keanu Neal, the former, the other former Falcon that is uh, is on Dallas. He is. Uh, they the moved one, him down to linebacker. Yeah, he's the one that uh, tested yeah. positive for for COVID. So I don't think he's going to be cleared to play this week. So that's they're going to be without Neal. They're going to be without Lil Collins. They'll be without uh, De, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. And uh, Randy Gregory was added to the uh, injury report today with a knee issue uh, as well. Tony Pollard didn't practice, but it looks like that's just a, a personal matter. I was that, that one caught me by surprise. But um, Kelvin Joseph is their uh, slot corner, and I mean he's five foot ten. That's what I'm saying. And and they've been torched in the slot all year. So whoever gets in the slot, I'm, I'm interested to see who who is the one that takes advantage of that this week because that should definitely be a point of attack. Uh, and a major focus early on, but um, sorry to interrupt, Corey. Go ahead. No, you're good, man. I, there's one before we got off the offense. There's one narrative going around, and I hate to do this. I hate to get down in the mud sometimes, but there's this narrative going around that Sam Darnold is a product of of Joe Brady, and the offense is very simplified, and yada 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 yada. yada. 
And while I think Joe Brady has done an exceptional job this year, I think you saw in that third and fourth quarter last last week that Sam's making some incredible throws and manufacturing offense himself. It's not Sam scrambling around that that third down and I think twelve to I think it was DJ. I can't remember. I might be misremembering, but that third down and twelve where he scrambles out and he hits DJ. That's not a product of the system. All right, that's that third overall pick, athleticism and, and arm talent at work. And he's he is going through his reads from what I'm saying. He's going through his progressions. So I think if anything, it's all the force fed touches and safety outlets to 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 CMC that have sort of limited this offense. So I'm excited to see an unleashed offense that's not uh, and again people think I'm not talking bad about Chris McCaffrey I'm just saying when you have such a player like Chris McCaffrey obviously you want to get him touches but when you don't and you're not uh, force feeding everything to your best playmaker I think you get to see spreading the ball around uh, and what the offense really could be minus CMC is what I'm trying to say so I'm excited for it yeah and, and Sam's look by all of our opinions, pretty damn good this so far this uh, this season. And he's, he's proven in the past that he can make those throws on the run. I mean, even if you watched his games in New York, which, I mean, you probably haven't. You probably haven't seen any many highlights from, from his Jets time there. But, I mean, he's proven with as much as he ran for his life up there that he can make those throws on the run. And, I mean, I've been very pleased with his accuracy and his ability to, to throw on the move and navigate the pocket. I mean, this is a guy who came around – came from a, a team that – didn't have much protection, didn't have much of an offensive line, and definitely didn't have an NFL caliber line. And I know ours isn't much better, but I mean, he he he's so far at least very impressive with not not taking those sacks pretty easily. Absolutely, and Sam's not perfect. Okay, Sam's made mistakes. Sam's missed throws. He's left throws out in the field. He's missed Robbie running down the middle of the field a, a couple times that I've noticed, but he's still learning this system. He's still learning this offense. It's three weeks. Okay, I still don't believe that Joe Brady's fully implemented the entirety of the playbook at this point. So be happy with what we've gotten through three weeks because it's been better than I think any of us have had anticipated or expected. That's all I'm saying. And people who just I understand not being like jumping all in and and diving head first and becoming a Sam Stan. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just uh I'm getting already beginning perturbed at the undue criticism of a kid that's done nothing but right since he's gotten here and has gotten better and better progressively every single week since the preseason. So, yeah. And one thing I also wanted to note is the, the lack of or not having Darnold, I think probably will very drastically decrease the number of those two tight end sets where we just try to shove the ball down somebody's throat. And I am yeah. extremely happy about that one. Um, and that was the, the one note I wanted to add before we got off the offense in two. It's a good point. I am super excited. I said it before we started recording about seeing the DJ and Diggs matchup on, on offense. Uh, Diggs has looked, um, Diggs is, Diggs is, is a, is an elite corner in this league and, and, DJ has had the best start to his season yet of his career. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see how that plays out. 
I think um, I'm interested to see the cornerback position and see how they how our corners match up against Amari and CD, and also to see how the Dallas secondary does containing um, Robbie, DJ, and even Terrace to, to an extent. Um, I think that that's where the game is kind of settled is either there and third down conversions. Um, when you look at the number, we're obviously leading the, the National Football League in um, third down conversions as far as allowing them as a defense. And, and also, you think that Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to come in here and, and run and, or have a, a, a big game even combined or individually. I mean, Zeke is not the Zeke of old. And that's why you see Tony Pollard taking away some of those snaps and just his talent overall. But I mean, this is a defense that's allowing forty yard, forty five rushing yards a game. So yeah. and, and 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 I mean, they they played a Texans team who had dominated the line of scrimmage and ran the tried tried to run for the the the, the, the games prior to that. They played a, a Saints team who has the second best running back in the league, probably. Yeah. Um, so I mean the Jets, I don't I don't have anything for you there, but um, <laughs> but right. those two teams, though, <laughs> um, Kamara is 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 no no easy task, and and then the 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 Texans with three running backs that they've been trying to to force feed that that's that's not a that's not nothing, right? Um, going into Dallas and like a closing thought in the offense, um, it's. Like you said, third down, Matt. How, how how do we manage third down? Can we can we keep jobs alive? Can the offense protect Sam um, and give him time? Because I think while the Dallas Cowboys defense probably isn't where they want it to be, it is vastly improved from from where it was last year, um, and they can get after it. Um, they showed on national TV on Monday night that, that they can get after the quarterback and and cause some disruption. So um, and. This is not the Houston Texans. This is not Houston on the road. This is going to be a crazy environment. Like, say what you want about Jerry World. Say what you want about Cowboys fans. It's going to be loud. Um, and it's a big game. I mean, we're 3-0. They're 2-1. Um, it's it's going to be a, a, a good environment. Um, so, I'm just excited. Uh, I haven't felt this way about a game in a, in a long time. And uh, I'm excited for this game on Sunday. And, um, I just hope that Cam Irving, uh, because you know Michael Parsons, he might be a rookie, but I'll tell you, he doesn't play like a rookie. Uh, he's looking, he's looking real good. So uh, keep that beast off the Sam. And if we can protect Sam uh, and, and get it going early, then quiet that crowd a little bit. Then on offense, and I think we'll be just fine on the offense side of the ball. Yeah, my uh, my, my one closing thought here, as far as the offense goes, is. You know, when, when Christian did leave the game against the Texans, the only thing that I, that did become pretty evident is the interior pressure that the uh, the Texans were able to get. I mean, Sam was, was seemed like he was hit every other pass, it seems, and that just that's something that we we have to watch, especially in this game. And it's not something that you can you can allow to happen, um, or else that I means this game has the potential for him to throw interceptions or there be a fumble or a potential injury, and those are things that we have to stay away from. I know John Miller was was on the injury report today with a shoulder issue. I don't think it's anything serious, but just something to watch going forward. And I don't know if, you know, you'll see more Royce Freeman in on early downs or, you know, mainly on passing downs just to add a different, I mean, another blocker in there. Or even if they put a Tommy Trimble in the backfield, um, you see that back there with the two back set. Things that I'm just going to, I'm just going to pay attention to early on, but you're right, Corey, this is a game that uh, I'm, I'm really excited about. And I probably haven't been this excited about a regular season game since uh, the San Francisco game where we got drubbed. Um, 
know, a few years back in the six and two. Season, I was never, so, I was yeah. never excited about that. It was Kyle Allen. I, I would never got excited about any of those. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those are. Uh, I don't know. Interested to see what happens, but let's uh, switch sides of the ball and focus on the defense. So, and and talk a little bit about how we're going to stop this uh, this Cowboys offense and things to kind of focus on. I know Dak is leads the league in, in getting the ball out of his hand. I mean, I think it's like two point four seconds is his average release time. So, um, creating pressure is something that has to happen to to give uh, our, our secondary a little bit of a help. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. What do what do you what do you guys think? What are, what are some things that you guys really want to focus on and see? early on I think we've got to be in that in that press man type of type of look as much as we can with that quick get the ball out of Dak's hands um and and I think that I think that's one of the keys right there and then Corey said it earlier in the group message that the interior pressure to 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 move him out of that pocket and not have that clean pocket from the start yeah, I, as quick as Dak's getting the ball out, you're you're not going to be able to do some of the exotic or more exotic stuff that we like to do. Um, it's going to have to be – we're going to have to bring our lunch pails up front. And Derek Brown, big dog in the middle, we're going to need you this week. You're going to have to move him off his spot, make him uncomfortable, beat uh, Connor Williams off the line, and disrupt the pocket and make Dak get on the move because I'll say this for Dak. He has been absolutely outstanding through three games. And I think it's evident that he's back. The, 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 the leg's good, but he has not shown the ability that he did have on the ground yet. He has not had to run. He, or he, when he has ran, it hasn't looked like the old Dak. So, um, move him out of the pocket, get get him off his spot, make him uncomfortable early, that's going to be huge. And you're not going to be able to play that too high zone coverage scheme. I mean, we're going to have to play man against these dudes, and that's just going to be what it is because CD is another – he's a freak. And Amari is a hell of a – I mean, he's probably the best route runner in the league. So we're not going to be able to sit back in a – comfortable zone and, and, and play we're gonna have to man up and pick your poison so like you said Matt I don't think they're gonna be able to run on us um, but CD and Amari they scare the heck out of me I'm not gonna lie yeah they should I mean this is uh you know one of the top duo receivers in the in the league I mean the dual combinations I mean this is <laughs> Uh, we just got to get pressure. I mean, this is a defense that's that's gotten 14 sacks on the year. Uh, so we, we got to get the pressure early on. I mean, I just don't think that without having Collins, I mean, I know you got your Zach Martin and the, and the line is, has been very, very good for the last couple of years, but missing Collins on that right side. I mean, like I said, we can, you're not going to be able to double team everybody on this line. And we lead the national football league in sacks and quarterback hits for a reason. So Dak's going to have to get the ball out. If you start to make him feel uncomfortable there and with a couple of hits early on in the game and make him not to feel comfortable with that leap, with that leg, um, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. If you you have to create chaos for him for it to translate the rest of the way with how they're designed and with them getting the ball out quick in Kellen Moore's offense. I know it's the same thing that Joe Brady likes to do and Sam Darnold does well, but we've got to get pressure early on. And that's where Phil Snow showing those crazy looks and the weird combinations, the weird formations. That's where that's really going to pay off. And 
I don't know if Dallas is necessarily – I'm sure they're going to be focused on throughout the week on film, but, I mean, he gave Aaron Rodgers fits throughout the year. I mean, he gave Jameis fits. I mean, Jameis, all those stupid-ass drills that he's done over the offseason – I mean, they they weren't doing any good when you got Brian Burns in your face or you got Hassan Reddick uh, hit you or Morgan Fox. I mean, at this point, just pray to God we don't have any injuries happen on Sunday and we can just get our, get after the quarterback because I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I really don't. Yeah, and there is one – I'd say there's one play from the Eagles game that, that did give me some hope. Um, so third and short um in the second half and it was a, a, a critical moment for the eagles and if they were able to score an office they probably could have got some momentum back but it was third and short and Dak they showed pressure Dak audible and the defensive lineman dropped and they brought three dudes off the right side and, and sat Dak on third down and i was like that's something that bill snow is probably looking his chops at so you can't confuse him um he's shown that he is in control of the offense but i feel like we can we can get to him we just got to be smart about it, pick our spots, and we just got to come to play. And then on yep. the defense side of the ball, do what you and, and and to talk about CD and 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 Amari, even with a healthy JC, that's a concern. Is is how, can we can we stop those guys? Um, so it's definitely not ideal to have to be doing it with with CJ in his first week of practice with the team, and then. Not to mention, they said that CJ will only be playing man, and and who knows if he's going to get 100% of those snaps. So then you've got a situation where you're looking at Sean Melvin out there. Uh, hopefully not. Um, AJ Bouye is going to be moved around, I'm sure. Uh, I don't really like how he matches up with, with CD in the slot at all physically. Uh, right. and, and, and then Keith Taylor is who – currently is listed at number one on the depth chart by the depth charts I'm looking at, not, not officially Panthers depth charts, but that's another option out there. And I don't, I mean, do you want to subject a rookie to, to Amari's route running or, or CD's physicality? I don't, I don't know. I, I think that the one thing that I'm, um, that's at least been positive to me this week and just hearing the guys talk about when they've been asked questions um, in the media is, you know, what's the team's mentality, you know, coming back from the JC injury or the Christian injury, how do you guys recover? And they're all on the same page of, you know, next man up. Um, this is a team, a team thing. Um, and I think that's just the, the mentality in the locker room, which is nice to hear. I mean, you know, you kind of heard that with Ron a little bit, but it's like, you know, rule preaches that and he has faith in the guys that's in the locker room. And, you know, that's, um, that, that attitude is, is hopefully going to carry over to the field that, you know, it's a team thing because one of the things that stood out to me so far is thinking back on this, when's the last time that we've been four games into a season or are about to be four games into the season and uh, we haven't had a busted coverage or a, a blown play, even on something that was incomplete. I mean, you know, you'd always see like somebody get burned or, you know, a miscommunication in the secondary. And so far, I mean, the discipline's been there. Definitely. I mean, that's that's something that I'm, I'm kind of impressed by. I mean, whether it's Phil Snow or whether it's the guys or maybe the DBO signs paying off. I mean, maybe they got tired of fucking running this this preseason and, you know, Rule kept hammering that home. I mean, I don't know. But that's just something, you know, that next man, that next man up, that mentality, um, it, it kind of reminds you of the injuries that we faced in the secondary in 2013. Um, but it's just nice to see them all have faith in each other and, and – and having confidence that the next guy can step up and do the job just as good as the guy who just went down. 
I'm just happy that the next man up is an athletic freak. <laughs> and it's not it's, it's not just some like Rashawn Golden who yeah, just, we, 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 we could beat in yeah. the foot race. Right, exactly. So um man, I just it's just so this since like summer, it's just been so refreshing with free agency and everything. Just the way this team is being run now, I just have so much faith. And maybe it's too early, but I just have so much faith in the staff that they're going to adjust and they're going to have answers. Like I was thinking to myself during that Texans game the other night, like CMT goes down, we start to sputter. A previous staff that might that game might have gotten out of control and we might have taken an L on on a Thursday night, but they adjusted, they made adjustments, and we came out of there with a win. So there's I think that people need to realize there's going to be big plays this week. We might be down for the first time this entire season. Let me say that again. We have not trailed this entire season. So this might be the first game where we're trailing, but I trust the staff to make the adjustments necessary to change the, the flow of the game and do what's working and get away from what's not working. So what do y'all think on the comparisons of this team to 03? Oof. I mean, I know that's kind of been going around, or at least some people want to want to hark on that. Um, uh, that obviously, I don't see have, the need to compare. <laughs> right. I think. I think. Yeah. I think mainly it's 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 from the defensive side of the ball and how the the team has obviously outperformed what people what these so called experts rather, thought that they I'll, were that they were going to do. Um, I'd rather have the 03 offensive line, but of course, I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> you look at you know Todd Stucey's but, not walking through that door. Um, but I mean, then you, the comparison of, okay, well, somebody gave up on Sam, but Jake was just off the street from NFL Europe and saints and all that. But I think it's just easy to make that comparison when, when it's the underdog mentality and, um, just, just how, how well the defense is playing. Yeah. And, and I think rule and his staff probably relish this relish the fact that nobody's picking Carolina Nobody's talking about Carolina. Other than, yeah, he's used is to it. Rio is a fake. Is it? He's probably like, hell yeah, like give yeah. us an edge. That's give us what, a chip on our shoulder. I, I think that was for the, sure. I think that was the quote I sent you guys um, when somebody asked him in the presser. It's like, well, you know, how do you feel about the national media not giving you guys attention for three and zero? And he's like, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I want more of it. And it's like, you know, there's no shortage of, of bulletin board material. He's used to this. Um, all of them should be. I mean, any of the guys that came in from Temple were that was doubted. I mean, you look at Sam, doubted. Robbie, doubted, undrafted, didn't even give a – the Jets didn't even make him a, a competitive offer. Matt Rule, right. turn, turn Temple around, turn Baylor around. Phil Snow is a, a – is quote-unquote past his prime for a defensive coordinator. Nobody gave him a, a chance when he got hired on. And Joe Brady's a, the new guy. Um, yeah, he's, you know, been considered for, for head coaching opportunities. But this is a staff of like this – I mean – not misfits, but it's the it's not your typical NFL staff by any means. No, all the criticism about he's just hiring a bunch of college guys. Yep, he doesn't he doesn't have a, a NFL coach on his roster to to mentor him and show him how to coach in the NFL. And I'm like, why would you want some washed up person who's not succeeded in the NFL showing you what not to do? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, this culture needed to change, and Matt Rule's done just that. And you're starting to see through three weeks what that looks like. And, and yeah. And something that I think goes unnoticed is, is you hear more and more uh, rules of player coach. This is a player organization. And, and I don't think a lot of those pro, the guys that have been around the pros for a long time, their organizations aren't, that people don't call those player coaches or they're not player centered organizations. It's, it's, it's like, for lack of a better example, Bill Belichick, it's my way or the highway. That's not a player oriented organization. And I think you get that with the, with those guys coming out of college with the fresh look on things. So that, I mean, there's been definitely some college coaches have come in and failed, but if, if that's, if, if he's got the right combination of, of, being player oriented, but still having the discipline. I, I think there's something to be said about it. It's, I don't know for certain, but I, it, I heard it in CJ's press conference yesterday. And for somebody brand new to notice that, uh, I, I take note of that. Yeah. I think that's a yeah, culture. That's a great, and that's a great point too. It's like, and I'm, this is don't, let's not run to the presses with this. Like this isn't like me saying this is him, but, it just reminds me of Tomlin. Tomlin's my favorite NFL head coach. That's not Matt Rule. I fucking love Matt, Mike Tomlin. All right. And Mike Tomlin's that dude. He's a player's coach, but he walks that line of holding players in check and account, being accountable for their actions. Right. So he's not a hard ass by any means, but he's disciplined and he is accountable. Reminds me a lot of like the program and that rule is trying to instill. And he's adjustable. He's adaptable. Steelers went from ground and pound, like smash mouth defense to four wide, throwing it all over the yard. And because Mike Tomlin is adjustable. So I'm just excited, man. I I can't say it enough. Uh, Even in this, you know, this week, this year, this game, I, I trust in, Matt rolling up and I'm telling you again I'm going to say it before we leave one more time if they can get anything out of C.J. Henderson and make him realize even a tenth of his potential then I'm bought all in on Matt and the staff 1000% guys just so you know if if you don't if you don't um, aren't happy with the C.J. deal for whatever reason think of it this way this is a top 10 pick that we only owe 7 million to for the next three years yeah, and what did you give up? You gave, you gave up, up a, a, a free agent acquisition a, who's been a journeyman. A journeyman tight end. Yeah. And, and, and a third. You traded a third for a fifth. And and so you see what, what that fifth's probably going to turn into a fourth anyway. So with with how Scott works. Yeah, he's it's, just going to move. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to move around next year because we have a first round pick and then a fourth round pick. So obviously, if, if you're trade con- back. <laughs> if you're concerned with any pick outside of rounds one and two, then I don't know what to tell you at this point because we've proven. Scott's proven in one draft that draft picks, the number you go into the draft with makes no difference for what you're going to come out with. So, Correct. Well, let's wrap this up with some predictions and we'll get out of here. But uh, who you guys want to start it off with and uh, see how Sunday goes in your mind? Go ahead, Wes. Um, I don't like my answer here, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it. I think the, Late edition of CJ is just not going to be enough. It's going to be 
28-24 Dallas. I think that's that's my prediction. So yeah, so my head tells me Dallas wins. Um, I think no matter what happens, the Panthers are going to show up. I think we're going to leave the game with more respect than we had prior. I think that we're going to show up. It's not going to be easy. Um, but typically when my head says we're going to lose in these type of situations, the Panthers surprise me for whatever reason. Um, I have that same feeling I had in 15 before the Seattle game. I was like, there's no way we're going to win this, but we somehow did. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't want to – I can't give a score prediction. I I don't want to. Like, I just – I'm just going to say the Panthers are going to show up. We are not going to get the doors beat off of us. I think that we're going to play well regardless, and I think it's going to be close. And it's going to come down to a turnover or a special teams play. Um, so, yeah, I think, and and to, to, to expound upon mine and to go with you, I don't think, I think it's a one possession game one way or the other. It's we're both, these are two good teams in my opinion. Absolutely. Dallas is a really good team. Dallas, I say what you want about the the Cowboys. Dallas is a really good team. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, you know, what their, their defense does. If they put up 40 some points, they just, they just can't do it against this defense. And I think that that's what it comes down to. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the odd guy and I'll I'll go I'll I'll keep the faith. Oh 23-20. That's what I'll go with. It's good 2017 is what I had in my head, but I'll go 23-20 Panthers. And boy, I could not love for that to happen more than than anything this week. Because Monday morning there's gonna be a lot of motherfuckers out here eating some crow. And if the Panthers win this game, then there's a there's a run coming. And there, there, already should, there already should be some eating some crow without the season started. And, and uh, the number, just the sheer number of people who had us picking number one overall Dude, next year and, and shit like that. It's so scary to look back and think back to, and I'm not, this is again, I'm not saying this is 2015 at all, but just the similarities. Like we, we beat a, a pretty bad Jacksonville team, like barely in week one, we needed a Josh Norman last second interception to beat the Luke McCown led Saints in week yep. two. Um I forget who we played in week three. But then we come out in week four and you know beat the Hawks in Seattle. So so I mean we it, it was the Andrew Luck Colts that we had we got taken to overtime with and Ted Ginn decided he wanted to drop the wide open touchdown game winning touchdown <laughs> uh, in the corner just, of the end zone on a rainy Monday just night. Just give but, me give me give me all kinds of feels this year. Just give me all sorts of feels. But yeah, I mean so. that's that's when the tides start turning. We start winning those close games under Cam. I mean yeah, the defense finally backed up yeah. what what the offense could give us. But no one to go down any memory lanes. But I think. Uh, there are some similarities on past teams. I think it's just nice to see that culture actually being built again. And this team just saying, fuck you, fuck the media. We're going to come out here and hit you in the mouth and try to beat us. This is a massive game. So, it's hey, a massive game. Worst massive case scenario, game. we lose this. We're three and one, and we have two winnable games uh, the next yeah. two weeks after this to like, go to five and one and still have the division lead. So, really. Like like Matt and I said last week, there's a chance looking at the schedule eight and two, nine and one going into that Thanksgiving week game against the Cardinals. Yeah, let that happen. That offense. 
I mean, the Cardinals are a scary team in the NFC. Don't get me wrong. That offense is good. That defense is damn good. But but I mean eight, eight and two, nine and one, that puts you right right in the driver's seat for that for for a playoff spot. Their secondary is worse than ours currently. I will say that. Yeah, and and all of a sudden that second half of the schedule just isn't looking so scary anymore. Like which right. often happens in the NFL, like Miami. Injuries start to happen. Yeah. Uh the Patriots. Patriots. Um I mean, even Buffalo's gettable. I mean, they're still crazy good, but I mean, yeah, and and it's and looking like it's sweeping the Falcons is is, is possible as bad as they've looked and as bad as we as as, as bad as we beat the Saints. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it. I mean, I I never want to say the Saints is easy, but that you could sweep that series too as 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 was, well as we played. There was a uh, a certain someone. I'm not naming any names, but there was a certain couple someone's who said that the Falcons roster was better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Arthur man. Smith was a genius too. Hmm. Now you got Cordero Patterson almost leaving their backfield. And, and again, I won't say any names, but I'm, I'm not convinced said person is an actual Panthers fan. Doesn't look like it. Sunday one o'clock. Sunday one o'clock. Let's move on. Yeah, that's going to turn into a rant and end up pissing more people off. Well, I'm (laughs) sorry, man, but I had to say it. I had to say it. So I don't know. We'll uh, yeah. Hopefully, we're recapping another Panthers win on on Sunday and moving to four and zero, and that's on the track to shocking the world again. Not supposed to be here. But this is why you're supposed to win the games that you're supposed to win. It's why you have to win. Excuse me. That's why you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. So you this, can you can get lucky every now and then. This is you win the games that you're supposed to win. So it sets up moments like this where yeah. everybody's eyes are on you. And we're catching the Cowboys at a good time. No Demarcus Lawrence. No Will Collins. I mean, possibly no Keanu Neal. Defense still trying to figure it out. Stranger things have happened. But another one thing, Cowboys are in for a fight on Sunday. So, absolutely. Let's, uh, get, let's, let's, let's get to 4 0. Yeah. Yeah. 4 0 on the way to the, take an NFC South back. Throw the ball to Robbie. <laughs> <Let's take laughs> my fantasy team. Yeah, I was about to say that. Corey's <laughs> fantasy team needs that. <laughs> You're Robbie's 60 yard touchdown. Robbie. I called it week one. You want, me, you want me to put it back out there again? <laughs> just, just speak it into it. I would take like, 12 catches for yeah Robbie burns somebody deep we get the midfield play action there you go yeah perfect I need to guess that's what it's gonna be I like it we'll wrap this up guys uh thanks for listening as always if you don't already subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast leave us a comment great uh and uh follow us on social media 704 cast on Instagram and Twitter uh we'll be back on Sunday to review this so you guys will have a fresh episode on Monday as our Panthers are hopefully moving to 4-0 any closing thoughts, guys? Not much, man. Good to be back. Keep pounding. Keep fucking pounding. See you guys Sunday. Later. <laughs>